When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Met fellow adventurers, it is now time to finish off the Shattered Soul School Saga with Part 5, The Ghosts of Pelmore Isle. Never would you dreamed of setting foot on the forsaken ground of Pelmore Island, but a note delivered to you in Twithick has suddenly changed your mind. Start this adventure. Past several days, ever since acquiring the second shard of the iron skull from the watchtower, but able to shake the eerie suspicion that you're being followed and watched. More than once, you look over your shoulder, one of the city's bustly streets, only to see what you believe to be a lurking figure slip into the crowd and vanish. Your thoughts continuously return to the sort to the encounter with Blade Square with the waven-haired sorceress. The necromancer. And you can't seem to escape the nagging fear that her dark eyes are always peering at you from the shadows, watching and waiting. Beginning to think that perhaps you're becoming paranoid, but your fears are largely substantiated. Where late one afternoon you're approached in the street by a young messenger lad bearing a furled scrap of parchment. The boy hands you the note. He's about to dash off when you grab him by the arm and ask him who it is who sent you. Now nervously tells you there's an old, white-haired man. You ask him where the man can be found, and he replies that the man just came up to got him just inside the city gates. You thank him for the information and slip him a gold token. The boy snatches up the gold, bows deeply, and turns and dashes off along the crowded street. To making certain that you're not being observed, you unfurl the rolled scrap of parchment. 
Your eyes were immediately drawn to one word scrawled in fanciful script upon its wrinkled, age-worn surface. Pale more. The single word conjures up a myriad of thoughts to recount the many tales surround the legendary and forsaken Palemore Isle. There's a link for it. Palemore is one of the largest and easily the most infamous of the scattered steppe islands. The wise out of the middle of one of the wisest, widest parts of the Twind. And just south of Twithick. The 300 years ago, Rocky Island was home to a small wooden keep, housed a large enough company of Tyson soldiers to discourage with the pirates from plying their trade against merchant vessels leaving Trithic. The warm autumn evening three centuries ago, however, a horde of ogres on crudely bit built barges of rough timber transversed the wither from its western bank and landed on Palemore. The brave soldiers, both outnumbered and outmatched by their savage foes, were all, save for one, slain defending the wooden keep. The ogres soon raised to the ground. Throughout matched and ultimately defeated, the soldiers pitched a valiant stand, managed to take down many of their beastly enemies in a battle that is said to have raged for hours. By dawn's light, every soldier, save one, was dead. The keep was destroyed, and there was no sign of the ogres or their barges. It is from the lone survivor the attack, a young soldier, who escaped death by being rendered unconscious and left for dead. History now bears an accurate account of the events that took place on Palemore Isle, a warm afternoon evening, so very long ago. It's long been assumed that, that meh, by many, that one of the more ruthless wither pirates, a murderous brigand who meant, went by the name of Eeyore Carver, was behind the org, org attack. Having paid a considerable fortune to the fearsome beasts to ensure that the soldiery of Palemore Island would no longer interfere with this operation in the waters south of Twithick. Eel Carver and nearly two dozen other wither pirate captains were captured and hanged following the attack on Palemore Island, although none have ever admitted to being in league with the ogres. Palemore Island, as respect for all those who had fallen there, was declared to be forsaken land where no one would be permitted to tread ever since the fateful events of that evening long ago. All with the traffic moving south from Twithick, as respectfully and even fearfully, given the rocky step island of Palemore a wide berth. Despite the eerie nature of the note, you feel a sense of relief, as if the danger you had suspected of stalking you through the shadows of Twithick these last few days has at last stepped into the light. You have little doubt the necromancy you encountered in Blade Square who now possesses the last remaining shard of the skull, is the author of the summons you now hold in your hands. Summons you have every intention of answering, even though it seems it will take you to the very shores of the cursed Isle of Palemore. Okay, wait, wait. Click.
Well, now, click. With your every thought now bent on retrieving the final piece of the iron skull, we'll quickly make the necessary preparations for a trek to the Forsaken Island. Realise you are likely to be walking into grave peril. You have no intention of allowing a chance to put an end to this dark business slip away. As you turn over those, those thoughts in your mind, you decide to set out at dawn tomorrow for the village of Borco. The village is situated just upstream of Step Island, and it is it's your hope to be able to obtain passage to your destination. Despite your eagerness to travel to Palemore and embark on what could be the final chapter of your mission, you're not certain it is wise to be carrying with you the two shards of the skull now in your possession. Suddenly a thought occurs to you. You wonder if perhaps staying Poland would agree to place place the iron skull in safe keeping for you while you travel to Palemore. You also realise you could attempt to hide the skull somewhere in the city. Okay, so yep. Yeah, I think a great big castle is a pretty safe place. And I know Thane Poland very well, so I'll pay a visit to him. The Thane Poland welcomes you into his chambers and listens with great interest, explaining to him your mission involved in the Iron Skull. When you ask if you can leave the skull with him for safekeeping, he smiles and tells you he will place it under guard in his private vault. You hand the skull to the Thane, and he studies it for a moment before placing it on the table next to him. You need not fear for its safety, he tells you as you prepare to depart. Tinned Keep is off-limit to feeds, and my vault is off-limit to all but myself. I wish you luck on your business as well. It sounds like a rather dire affair. You thank the Thane and set out at once from Trithic, eager to reach Powerball Island and bring about the end of this treacherous business. I mean, I think the only person who could get who could get that skull would be Blue Cape. And I don't think he has any particular interest in this skull. So it's safe. Only a few miles south of Twithick, you arrive at the small village of Boar Cove, which is like a dust-up river on the scattering of Step Islands mist of which lies Palemore Island. An inquiry at the local bread house finds you a man who offers to transport you to Palemore in his small but sturdy boat. The middle-aged, haggard-looking man tells you that passage to the island will cost 25 gold. Well, what's it going to be? he asks pointedly. 25 gold is a real bargain for going near that cursed place. Okay, paying 25 gold for passage to the island. There we go, it's spent. The man in the bread house accepts your fare of 25 gold and agrees to take you to the island at once. He leads you down to the pier and shows you to his boat. When the two of you are seated safely, he unties the small craft and begins the small, somewhat daunting task of rowing the small craft across the swiftly flowing river towards the scattering of islands at its centre. Thick blanket of mist hangs low over the dark surface of the wither, making it difficult to see more than a few yards in any direction. Despite the adverse conditions, the man appears to be a highly skilled boatsman, and has little difficulty navigate, navigating the craft through the treacherous waters. After nearly ten minutes of constant 
growing. The man's oars suddenly stop moving. Pick a number. Bonus of 68. 20 from Aura. 20 from Luck. 19 from Feathery. 19 from Woodmanship. Okay, something is trying to surprise me. But what? Here we go. 137. Suddenly, out of the corner of your eye, you spot the glint of metal in the man's hand. You instinctively assume a defensive stance only a split second before the man lunges at you with a, a long-bladed knife. You twist to your right to your side, narrowly dodging his attack, and counter with a solid blow that spends him toppling overboard into the dark, frigid water. Your assailant, rendered unconscious by the force of your blow, slips slowly out of sight beneath the turbid surface of the river. I mean, that's a really dumb move. I mean, you probably know who I am. Or at least you'd be able to... Okay, look, okay, look, he's wearing full plate. He's wearing plate armour. He's got, he's got shiny magical weapon. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to leave this guy. I mean... You got your 25 gold. I mean, if you wanted more, you should have just haggled for it. But now you're dead. Almost certainly dead. Although you believe the man was simply attempting to wob you, you you once you're at his mercy out on the water, you can't help but wonder if the surprise attack is somehow connected with the dark business that brought you here. With those thoughts churning in your mind, you set to the task of piloting the small craft to Palemore Island yourself. You pilot the small but sturdy boat out across the misty, dark waters of Wood the Twind. Without too much difficulty, you manage to find your way onto the rapidly flowing channels that run between the step islands. As the shadowy spectre of Palemore Island looms into view ahead to the east, you suddenly discover the boat is stuck in a strong current, being dragged swiftly towards a sharp outcrop of rock rising out of the water next to the smaller neighbouring island. Gripping, gripping the oars tightly, you struggle to take the small craft out of its deadly collision course. Pick a number. Bonus of 77. 20 from might, 20 from body, and 37 from seamanship, which manages to get uh, one of its rare inclusions here. Pick now. 111. With only seconds to spare, you manage to navigate your small craft out of the current's perilous grip and cut across the channel towards the shadowy shores of Palemore Island. The dark silhouettes of trees and rocks loom out of the fog that hangs low on the wither. You catch your first haunting glimpse of the forsaken island. You bring your boat ashore at a rocky low beach, saddled between two sections of the dense forest that cover much of the island, and hide it behind a group of boulders before turning about to get a full view of your new surroundings. You stand on a rocky, low-lying sliver of the southern shore of Palemore Island. 
Tall, dark trees rise on the eastern and western flanks of the thin stretch of stony ground, while to the north, a steep, largely barren slope dominates the landscape. The hill rises out of sight into a ceiling of mist that hangs lower over the island. Based, based on the alliance of your island, notice upon the summit of the hill that the wooden keep once stood. Okay. Examine the area closely. You scour the immediate area and discover a mix of footprints in the soft earth between the rocks. Many of many of the prints appear to be made by three separate pairs of boots. You also discern, based on the depth and clarity of the tracks, that they are no more than a day old. Okay, there's multiple people here, and of course. This is a, if you're a necromancer, this is a really good place to set up an ambush. Because there's like so many dead people, and they're all soldiers. Explore the forest to the west. Less than 50 yards inside the edge of the trees, you come upon a startling scene. Kneeling in prayer next to a large rock. His clay-clad hand resting against his clasped hands as they grip the pommel of his sword is the glowing apparition of a knight. The ghost turns and faces you for a moment as you approach, but quickly returns to resting his head against his hand. Your attempt to speak with the knight's ghost gets no response. There's an item you can use. What about the power of necromancy? Nope, doesn't do anything. Okay, explore the forest to the east. You've wandered only a few dozen yards into the forest when the shadowy wood springs eerily to life. All around you, in the dark, fog-shrouded forest, a gruesome spectral battle scene is taking place. The shouts of long-dead knights echo through the trees as the ghostly defenders Lords a valiant counter-attack against the warring Orc Legion that continues to torment them, even in death. Chorus of horns wing out a lonely quarter arm as the ghosts of the night attempt a last desperate rally. You watch, morbidly fascinated by the ghastly reenactment of a savage place fight that took place here over 300 years ago. Oh my, oh dear, they've been fighting this same battle for 300 years. About time they won it, and I'm going to help them. Alerted by a savage snarl, you turn to your left, find yourself confronted by the bellowing spirit of one of the orgs slain here, beneath these very trees, for 300 years ago, the hideous apparition. Its glowing torso riddled with deep, festering wounds roars with rage as it savagely assails you. It's an axe-wielding ogre ghost. The ghost of the ogre wars as it savagely attacks you and is slain once more. It's 13 XP. The ghost of the ogre stretches wide, escaping doors. Jaws as this to unleash a geth bellow. The apparition rapidly fades from view before any such sound can materialise. All around. 
All around you in the dark, foul-swatted forest, a gruesome spectral battle scene is taking place. The sounds of long-dead knights echo through the trees as the ghostly defenders launch a valiant counter-attack against the warring ogre legion that continues to torment them, even in death. Chorus of horns wing out in a lonely call to arms as the ghosts of the knights attempt at last desperate rally. Okay, to this point you've encountered and defeated one of the Uruga ghosts. Since they're counting them, something will happen once I've defeated enough. Remain in the forest, alerted by a, It's a club wielding. The hideous apparition, its glowing torso widowed with deep festering wounds, wars in range as it savagely assails you. Club wielding ogre ghost. Bash, 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 bash. It assails me savagely. 13 XP. Main in the forest. Axe wielding ogre ghost. The ghost of the ogre wars as it savagely attacks you. Okay, 13 XP from that. Three of them. Club wielding ogre ghost. Okay, four defeated. Please continue. Suddenly, a glutal snarl sends a shiver the length of your spine. Turn to find yourself confronted by a truly fearsome spite. Spite. Stomping towards you. Its festering course widdled with wiggling vermin is a headless ogre. A foul creature bellows with rage as it steps to melee range and attacks as the headless ogre. The ogre bellows with rage as it savagely attacks me and does a brutal stroke for 11 damage. Another one for 13 damage. Then one for 6 damage. Oh dear. But nevertheless, it is slain. 134 XP. The twisted remains of your foe lying at your feet. You pause to catch your breath following the brutal contest. Okay. Remain in the forest. Axe-wielding ogre ghost. Bash, 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 bash. Alright. Black-armoured ogre ghost. War as it savagely attacks me. Okay, I'm going to quick combat from now. Quick combat the chain-clad ogre ghost. Remain in the forest. Club-wielding ogre ghost. Ooh, nine. Suddenly... A glottal shard, the length of your spine, shivers the length of, says a shiver the length of your spine. So you turn to find yourself confronted by a truly fearsome sight, stomping towards you. Its festering corpse, whittled wid with wiggling vermin, is a massive, rotting ogre. The fearsome, the fierce, the fearsome, the foul creature bellows with rage as it steps into the into melee range and attacks it's a massive rotting ogre the ogre bellows with rage as it savagely attacks you but is slain 134 xp twisted remains with your foe lying at your feet you pause to catch your breath following the brutal contest okay that's 10 ogres down spirit wounding all ghosts down you go there's 11 Club wielding, slain, 
Spear wielding. Club wielding. 14 defeated now. A glutteral snarl sends a shiver the length of your spine, and you turn to find yourself confronted by a truly fearsome sight. Stopping, stomping towards you, his festering corpse riddled with wriggling vermin, is a one-armed watting ogre. The foul creature bellows with rage as it steps into melee range and attacks. One-armed watting ogre. It bowls with rage as it savagely attacks you. That is a particularly brutal stroke for full damage. Okay, and now is slain. Another 134 XP. With the twisted remains of your foe lying at your feet, you pause to catch your breath following the brutal contest. Right, 15 ogres defeated. Chain clad ogre ghost. Down you go, 13 XP. Another chain like ogre ghost. Down you go for another 13 XP. Axe wielding ogre ghost. Down he goes. 12 XP. Okay, black armoured ogre ghost. Wars as it savagely attacks you and is defeated for 13 XP. Okay, can only continue. Glutteral scar shins the liver the length of your spine. Sends a shiver on the length of your spine. And you turn to find yourself confronted by a truly fearsome sight. Stomping towards you, its festering corpse whittled with wiggling vermin is a decaying caped ogre. The foul creature bellows with rage as it steps into melee range and attacks It's a decayed caped ogre. Bellows with rage as it savagely attacks you. And it's nearly done. And slain. 134 XP. The twisted remains of your foe lying at your feet. You pause to catch your breath following the brutal contest. Okay. Still, still stuff going on. Remain in the forest. It's an axe-wielding ogre ghost. Right. How many ogres are there? Main in the forest, spear wielding. Main noise, axe wielding again. There's a black armored ogre ghost. Alright, 24 down, on to the next special one. Guttle snarl sends. Sends a shiver the length of your spine and you turn to find yourself confronted by a truly fearsome sight. Stomping towards you, its festering corpse riddled with wiggling vermin. It's a watting ogre lord. The foul creature bellows with rage as it steps into melee range and attacks. Begin combat. Ogre bellows with rage as it savagely attacks you. And I'm attacking it even more savagely. My savagery is mightier than its savagery, and it is slain. 135 XP. The twisted remains of your foe lie at your feet. You pause to catch your breath following the brutal contest. Right, 25 gone. That's a chain clag ogre ghost. It's slain. Rain the forest spear wielding ogre ghost. Slain. 
Black Armoured Ogre Ghost, Slain. And it's quick combat, really helping with these. 13 XP. Okay, that's 29 defeated. And a special one's coming up. A glutal snarl sends a shiver the length of your spine. Turn you find yourself confronted by a truly fearsome sight. Stomping towards you, its festering corpse wiggled with wiggling vermin, is a three-armed ogre corpse. The foul creature bellows with rage as it steps into melee range and attacks. Begin combat. Bellows with rage as it savagely attacks me with all three arms. Which is quite unfair. I'm going to have to make it disarmed. Your enemy lays a brutal stroke for 11 damage. But that's just about the only hit it's getting in. And it is slain. 136 XP. The twisted remains of your foe lying at your feet. You pause to catch your breath following the brutal contest. You suddenly spot a small, strange object gnawing legs to the corpse of the three-armed ogre. Closer inspection reveals it to be a crudely carved wooden figure. Not quite sure why, you decide to pick up the curious object and take it with you. Crude wooden figure. This small, crudely carved wooden figure, something you found on the forest on the eastern side of Palemore Island. Okay. Your victory. The battle appears to at last be at an end. The shouts of the knights and the war of the ogres fade into silence. The ghostly compassions rapidly fade from view, and an eerie stillness settles over the forest. Suddenly, Become aware of something moving through the trees to your right. You turn to find three glowing apparitions swiftly approaching. Oh dear. With a mix of amazement and fear, you watch as three ghostly figures approach. Within 20 yards, when you recognise their attire as that of Tyson Knights. The goats of the knights continue towards you and stop within just a few feet. Each of the knights bows and thanks you. You've given us freedom, says one of the knights. His hand wrapped tightly round the haft of his war axe. The battle has weighed, that has waged incessantly since that fateful night long ago is at an end. Now may the dead on both sides last have peace. The dark day can now close, says another light. Let the curse on this ground be lifted. Thank you, friend says the axe-wielding knight, as he steps forward and reaches, reaches out with, with his mailed hand to touch your head. A surge of energy rushes through your body as the knight's ghostly mailed hand comes to a rest on top of your head. 512 experience to weaponry, 512 experience to weaponry slashing, then weaponry bashing, then weaponry hacking, then weaponry pole arms, then weaponry stabbing. And 512 experience to wooden, to horsemanship. Which are of course the skills that a knight would have. We definitely have, because they probably have other skills too. Like maybe woodmanship? It mean if they're going through the wilds, maybe? 
We'll probably need diplomacy just to handle all the all the stuff all the you know to deal with all their their squires the axe wielding knight bows steps back you know it's a very nice little little pile of XP there the sword wielding knight steps forward and lays his male hand on his shoulder a warm sensation warms through your shoulder as your wounds are healed. And they are. The knight bows and steps back. The unarmed mat steps forward and waves his hand over you. 512 experienced to general. He bows and steps back. Great evil still exists on this island, says the axe-wielding axe. At the spot where the old foot stood. Old Fort stood is the mark of a dark sorceress. She holds sway over the dead of this place. You should know we would never answer her call. You thank the three knights for their help and for the information, and they bow deeply before you. It is we who owe you a debt that can never, never fully be paid, as the alarm might. But we wish you luck on whatever fair has fair seen fit to land you here. May the Allfather guide and protect you, my friend. Tis to his halls that we may at last depart. Thank you. Without another word, the ghosts, the three knights, glide off into the forest and are soon lost from sight. Okay, I'm back at the entrance to the island. Explore the forest to the west. It's that, it's that night again. Now, hmm... Well, I've just got an item. The cute, crude wooden figure. Maybe it does something. I mean, it's pretty much it's the usual rules that if you go to a place, the thing you get in the place is used in the place. Use. 32 XP to general. You hand the crude wooden figure to the knight. And immediately reaches out to take the curious object. As his lowly figures close around the figure, a broad smile creases his age-worn face. The knight bows deeply. Myola made this for me, he says softly. I've been away for her too, for too long now. Will she remember me? Will she remember me now? Thank you, friend. As the apparition of the knight slowly fades, you are surprised to find a rotted leather bag lying at your feet. Much to your surprise, the small pouch contains a small quantity of adventure tokens. Eight of them, to be precise. You wait for several minutes in case the note of the ghost of the knight should reappear. When it becomes apparent he is now forever departed, you make your way to the east and step out. Of the forest. Okay. Yep. You explore the trees on the western half of the island, but find nothing worthy of attention. As you make your way to the east, you're all but certain you can hear the faint, ghostly laughter of a small child. After so long, he finally got to go home. Climb the slope. To the north. As you make your way up the steep slope, 
taking care not to lose your footing on the loose, uneven ground, covered less than a hundred yards when suddenly you spot a pair of skeletons making their way across the hillside towards you. You turn to face the approaching undead, quickly assuming a defensive stance. The skeletons halt, and each of the horrid creatures thrusts out its white hand in your direction. You watch in horror as two large spears of flame hurtle forth from the clawed tips of their fleshless fingers. So I have a few options. Fortification, telekinesis, elementalism, or dodge. I'll use telekinesis. Oh, it failed. Both spears strike you squarely in your chest and you're immediately engulfed in flame. 21 stamina points lost. Severely wounded, but lucky to be alive, you manage to put out the flames that threaten to consume you and turn to face the advancing skeletons. You boldly step forward and engage the two skeletons. The hideous, fleshless creatures hiss angrily as their clawed hands burst into flame. Its two fire-wielding skeletons begin combat. The skeletons strike at you with their clawed, flaming hands. You're engulfed by the flames of your enemies' attack for nine damage, but now they are slain. 5xp. The two skeletons crumble into a pile of bones. Into piles of bones at your feet. You step over their charred remains and prepare to continue up the hill. About halfway up the hill, you come across a narrow, largely overgrown stone track that leads up to the summit, taking care not to stumble on the uneven path. You follow it as it winds its way to the top of the hill. You follow the path to the top of the hill and cautiously make your way onto the summit. A broad, flat, stony expanse atop the hill is deserted, save for a wide triangle of head-sized stones that dominate the centre. An eerie feeling comes over you as you recognise the stone layout to be one used by necromancers. She's going to rise every, raise every skeleton on the island. Oh my, that's going to take me a while to kill them all. Divination. I shall use it first. Succeeded. You sense a powerful, lurking evil around the triangle of stones. You also sense your every move is being watched, so I'll heal first. Approach the triangle of stones, because there's no other option, so I will. You step forward, and as you near near the first of the stones, the ground within the tri- triangle tremble and then, and then suddenly bursts open as dozens of Clawed hands tear up through the earth. An entire legion of hideous undead rises out of the broken ground within the triangle of stones. Haunting stare of every last one of the undead legion is fixed on you. The ghoulish legion suddenly parts to a thin, raven-haired woman in a black tunic, and studied breeches step, step swiftly through their ranks. The woman clutches a tall, ornate iron staff, immediately recognise her to be the necromancy you encountered in Blade Square. 
the very person who set up this perilous wonder views on Palemore Island. Palemore Isle, that is. You were immediately and profoundly struck by the woman's captivating beauty. You left wondering if your seemingly out of plate observation is not the result of some trick of sorcery she has woven in an attempt to get you to lower your defences. With this in mind, you assume a guarded posture as you prepare to come face to face with a woman who has so far been your being your only enemy in this in, in this entire affair. But there's also that, that goblin shaman. Good of you to come, she says coyly. I started to think you couldn't find your way here. I'm going to demand an end to the business regarding the Iron Skull. And tell the sorcerer, you m- and tell the necromancer you wish to settle it here and now. Much to surprise, she smiles and nods. There was no need for such bitter words, she says. I haven't asked you here to kill you. Who isn't to do that? I've easily done it in Twithing. What did it up to now? In fact, you may not know how close you came to joining my army of followers. I'll stop pretending you haven't been trying to kill me. But it is not important at the moment. You are here. We now, now we might see if we can, as you say, end this business. He asked the way and cared sorcerer what is surprising, and she smiles. I will come to that, she says, retaining a friendly tone. But first, it's now we have a chance to clear up a few things. Foremost among them is something I think you might wish to know about your dear friend, Yurion. You know, you know nothing of the Iron Skull, she says contemptuously as her eyes study you closely. It's a potent device with power over the dead. Of no use to anyone, but the few who know how to unlock its secrets. In the hands of a dumbling Datar like Huron, it is no better than a mantle ornament, and also no worse. The necromancer steps to, to the left and tightens her grip on the iron staff. But you know, you do not know what it is like to be hunted, she says, her tone softening somewhat. Hunted every waking hour, in darkness and in light, but not by the living. My course is my own, chosen long ago, and while I've regretted it many times since, there is no turning back. There is no swift exit. The day fast approaches when my own powers will no longer be sufficient to turn back the tide of horror that stalks my every step. I need the power of the skull, the skull that Huron so cruelly denied me for so long. While you sense there is perhaps a grain of truth to her words, remain uncertain as to her intentions. What do you really know about Huron? she asked coyly. A master mage, without question, but one with so many enemies. Enemies at home and aboard, mind you. Even Warsaw is no haven for him these days. What's te- what makes him so despised that his enemies would put out his eyes? Perhaps it is the many unexplained disappearance of his rivals, or the sudden deaths of wise casters who still claim the prime of life. Trust me when I tell you. That his thirst for power and glory knows no bounds, never has. And I do not think for a moment that once you've served your purpose to him, you are safe. 
he most certainly sees you as he sees the others, as he sees me, as a rival to his own power. Not come, I've not come here to warn you about Huonsius Fatley. Your dealings with him are your own. I've come to reacquire what is rightfully mine. I'm willing to offer you a trade, this iron stuff in my hands for the scot. It's a weapon beyond your meagre worth. So I suggest you not like act, act like a fool and accept one as a most generous officer. View the towel off. Ah, it's a melee rating of five, one aura, one spirit. This is the legendary Talsaloth, known in many tales as the Staff of Bats. This remarkable, ornate iron staff was once the property of the three-headed demon Lord Jaloth. Many, many indeed are the stein-chilling stories that surround this magical weapon. The potency of this weapon increases as your level of mastery in the Mastery in the art of necromancy rises. This weapon is of magical quality. Necromancer senses your hesitation and scowls. I ask you again not to play the part of a fool. Honestly, I, I don't think the skull would actually help you. It would probably just make you... Make you also pray to whatever's looking through the skull. Realising you do not have the skull in your possession, quickly attempt to determine your next course of action. Agree to trade her, the skull for stack can't do that. Refuse the offer and demand she give you the last skull fragment. Or I can just attack her. Alright, I'll refuse the offer. Your refusal angles the necromancer. She curses at you and rises her left hand. Then I shall take what I want, she growls, as I should have done from the start. Before you can react, she thrusts her left raised hand towards you and exhales sharply. A cloud of razor-sharp bone fragments materialise in front of her open hand and hurtles straight for you. A particular item may be of use here. Hmm, what could it be? Maybe a shield? Use? Yes. If you almost instinctively, you raise your shield just in time to meet the, the arrival of the splintering razor-sharp shards of blow. The deadly bone fragments clatter off your shield and form harmlessly to the ground at your feet. Yeah, obviously, this doesn't happen that often. That you can just go, oh yeah, you have the shield. The necromancer scowls and closes her eyes. A split second later, her eyes flies open as a low, ominous hill fills the air. Okay, so she's gating in skeletons. A swirling black portal suddenly opens a few yards in front of the necromancer. Without de delay, the raven-haired sorceress rushes towards the Neverall Gate. With no chance at acquiring the missing skull fragment, it seems your foe has opted to flee. You realise that unless you can stop her, she's about to escape with the final piece of the iron skull. So, I have a few options here. I can use necromancy, shadow magic, illusion, 
telekinesis gating or I could just shoot her with archery. I shall use necromancy because it's just I just like the idea of beating someone at their own game. Succeeded. 32 XP to necromancy. You call upon your power of necromancy and are elated where in answer to your summons the ghosts of two knights suddenly appear before the swirling Nevermore gate, blocking the necromancer's path. The waven-haired sorceress cries out in alarm at the sudden arrival of the apparitions and quickly uses her dark powers to turn them. The distraction, however, has brought you precious time. Before the necromancer has taken even another step, you are upon her, prepared to do whatever it takes to prevent her escape. Swiftly and silently, the portal closes. The sorcerer's face twists into a hideous snarl as she leaps back from you. She stretches out her hands towards you, revealing a faint black aura animating from the tips of her thin fingers. Without a word, she lunges at you. You sidestep the first of the necromancer's swift attacks. She strikes out at you with her hands, attempting to touch you with her fingers, the tips of which animates a faint black aura. She's plain to you that she is a masterful black, unarmed combatant. You steer yourself for the prospect of a long and brutal fight to the finish as you move to counter her rapid attacks. It's the Master Necromancer, a begin combat. The only option is to the death. And since we're dealing with a necromancer here, even that might not do do it. Necromancer rumbles, mumbles something and reaches out for you. I'm giving her a bash. I enter into battle rage. Yeah. Stop pretending you're being reasonable. You tried to kill me. You tried to kill me way back in part three. And you have slain your foe. 38 XP. Necromancer cries out in agony as she slumps to the ground at your feet. With a final wagged breath, she looks up and transfixes you with a stare, stare ablaze with hatred before pinching forward onto her face and expiring. You make a quick search of her body and much to your elation, you discover the final fragment of the iron skull tucked into the pouch, stown into the inside of her tunic. Examining the piece for a moment, you place it safely in amongst your other belongings. Iron Skull Fragment View This is a jagged fragment of a human-sized iron skull. The valuable artefact that was stolen from the Archmage Euron, the Arcane Spy Thinfoot. This is the shard you acquired from the Necromancer on Palemore Island. On the ground, only a couple of feet from the body of the slain sorceress, you spot her tall iron staff. Realising the potential value and importance of the item, you pick it up and decide to take it with View the tassel off. Currently, it is an 11 melee rating. Yes, it's, it's currently in its... You note two shallow, square-shaped sockets at the tip of the staff. I believe something must fix in, fit into them. 
This weapon is of magical quality. So, there's a couple of upgrades you can make to this staff. It upgrades with your necromancy. And there are two gems you have to put in it. They also upgrade it. So, you have if you have maximum necromancy, the two gems and a third item, then it is quite possibly... The most powerful weapon in most powerful weapon that you can acquire outside of tallies. Yes, but that does mean it's it's two-handed, so you don't have a shield. So unless you go all in on it, it's not going to work out. Certain you haven't overlooked anything, you prepare to set off on your way. You step back from the body of the necromancer and turn around, preparing to make your way off home, only to find yourself confronted by a massive legion of undead marching onto the summit. Swarm with skeletons, ghouls, staggering corpses, wagged waves... And ghastly phantasms appear over the crest of the hill, move steadily towards you. The pulse waiting, you hurriedly assume a defensive stance, though you cannot forget how you hope to survive or even escape from the overwhelming number of ghoulish foes now closing in. Last possible moment, the first of the undead legions stagger past without even turning to face you. You realise with astonished relief it is not you they seek. A throng of undead move past you on all sides and halt around the body of the necromancer. Four skeletons, two on each side, scoop, soup, stoop down and take hold of the corpse. Then in unison, the fleshless creatures rise and stride off to the far side of the summit, effortlessly bearing the body of the slain sorceress. The remainder of the nightmarish legion follows in total silence at their heels. You watch in a mix of fascination and horror as the undead possession proceeds over the edge of the hill. When the last of them have disappeared, you waste no time making your way down the opposite side. As you descend the steep slope headed for the edge of the island and the stop where you first stepped to store, you, you spot several groups of undead, both the fleshless and the watting, staggering Stagging towards the summit, the foul beings are several dozen yards away, either side. And ever once do they seem to acknowledge your presence as they proceed with the arduous climb. You have to believe these wizened souls are following after the large group of undead that left the hill bearing the body of the slain necromancer. Eager to put the ghoulish scene out of mind, you hurry down the hillside soon find yourself at the edge of the rocky patch of ground where you first arrived on the island. Suddenly, the sound of voices reaches your ears. You, you creep forward, crouch down at the base of a tree and, pet, and peer out in the direction of the sound. Moments later, a wide, sturdy boat floats into view, and three tall figures step out of it and pull over to the stony shore. The tallest of the three takes several steps in your direction and casts off the thick hood covering his head. Your heart nearly skips a beat as you immediately recognise the bald, white-bearded white beard, man, Hurion. 
You step out into the open and hail the master wizard with a friendly greeting. Wizard Mane smiles in response and steps forward, meeting you with a shoulder cross. Well, our search has proved a great success, he calls to his two guardsmen who are still tending to the boat. We'll be off this cursed island before we even we had hoped. Huron tells you somewhat apologetically that several of his agents trailed you in Twithick, and they tracked you to Bor to Bor Cove and ultimately to Palemore Island. I feel for your safety, not your loyalty, he says, apparently feeling obliged to explain his actions. Well I learned you were headed to this forsaken island, only too well the danger that waited you here. I was too late to be of any hope. We hoped you, it seems. Though I dare say I sense a certain triumphant spirit in you. As you stand staring at Huron, you are minded, minded of all the necromancer told you about him. Looking at the card of the old mage, you find it difficult to believe he's the scheming, malignative, even murderous figure the sorceress portrayed him to be. You're somewhat surprised when Huron does not immediately cry about the fate of the Iron Skull, but when instead, but seems instead to wish to know all about your adventure on the island and your encounter with the waven-haired sorceress. When you finish your brief but thorough narrative, he nods and commends you on your skill and bravery. There are few who would choose to cross her, he says, and yet you have vanquished her. It seems my trust in you is well placed. You are indeed worthy of your repute, of your lofty reputation. Well done indeed. You ask Huron what he knows about Necromancer. He sighs in response. Sorry to say, she was once a pupil of mine, he says, tone becoming grim. That's however, it's a matter best left for another time. If we have seen the last of her, then it's indeed a victory. Though I will let the passing of time satisfy me on that point, because, you know, Necromancer. Necromancer has this thing about not saying staying dead. It's just the thing, which is a really, which is a really, really good reason to be a necromancer. Well, this is that few of them are actually studying it for that reason. I mean, honestly, I'd expect most necromancers to be hecka old. I'm going, I don't want to die. I want to. Be a skeleton! Because it's better than dead. We explained to Huron that you managed to recover the last fragment of the Iron Skull from Necromancer, and the rest of the skull is in safekeeping in the city of Twithick. He nods and asks you to present the fragment you currently possess. You promptly hand it to him. The Iron Skull fragment now safe in his possession. And his trust pasted in you to live the west of it. Ewan tells his two guards, the four of you are ready to leave the island. Turns around and faces direction to the steep hill at the centre of the island and heads for the boat. I do not need need to see this place to know to know that is is one where the dead roam. He says, his words sending a shudder through you. There is a great evil here, lurking, watching. It is time for us to go. Huron's guards turn out to be worthy boatsmen. Little difficulty, the, wo- the sturdy wooden boat cuts through the dark, cold water of the Wither Twins, rise on the far shore, dust up with them, dust up with them, the village of the of Bore Cove. 
There, in a small forest clearing, the mage and his two armed companions retrieve their horses, which they will use to return to Wasile. I had a spell of warning on them, says Huron, referring to the three horses. It would be... <laughs> I would... <laughs> I have only pity for the would-be thief who might and tried to make off with them. Or the hungry wolf who came sniffing about. You've not in the least doubt his words. The four of you move north, following a narrow forest track. Two of the trees begin to thin out, the walls of Twithic looming to view. We shall meet at dawn tomorrow, he says. Just not fear. The start of the old East Forest Road. I will not enter the city again, for I've already pushed my luck more than it's thought wide. Take care this night, Soup. We meet tomorrow at dawn. Upon returning to Twithick, you proceed at once to Twinned Keep. Upon your request, you are ushered in to see Thane Poland in his private chamber. The Thane, seated seated behind a table, cluttered with books and maps, rises and greets you as you step into the room. He tells you he is happy to see you are safe. As the business about the Iron Skull you alluded to at your last meeting is left in... <laughs> That's with an uneasy feeling. Oh, you needn't concern yourself about the skull any longer, he says to Anthony. Of widows of the wretched thing. I sold it to a man I know who deals in sododities. I must tell you, fetch a tidy scum. Here's your share of it. The fame picks a leather pouch from the cluttered table and flings it at you. Inside the pouch, your forward vegetable is Well, no. I mean, I like adventure tokens, but I want to finish the quest. Now, don't, don't, don't tell me my misguided ill-time jest. It's caught you off guard, says the fame, laughing. I can hardly resist, honestly, Zoom. I'm not one to whom mirth comes easily, though I should say this provided an irresistible opportunity. In any event, I think you'll find this more to your liking. Thane Poland produces a leather bag and removes it from the nearly completed iron skull. Hands you the curious item and tells you he studied it quite closely. Never seen anything quite like that, he says, as you carefully tuck the skull in amongst your other belongings. If you've gone to this much trouble to protect it, well, it must be, be something of no meagre importance. I wish you luck with whatever business it is part of. You thank Thane Poland for the tokens, and more importantly, for keeping the skull safe. Not a word about that, he says, smiling, as he dismisses the notion with a friendly wave. Take care of yourself, Soup. Stop around again when you can. With two-thirds of the skull now safely back in your possession, you prepare to meet Huron at the appointed time and place tomorrow, and return the coveted item to him. Dawn the following day, you leave Twithick, and head for the meeting place that Huron specified. You're the first, first to reach the agreed-upon spot, the start of the old forest road outside the city. But with only a small, short while, the proud sound of approaching hoofbeats signals the arrival of the master mage and his guards. Huron and his two armed companions trot into view atop their worthy steeds. The white-bearded mage promptly dismounts and greets you. He wastes no time in handing the rest of the iron skull to him. He wanders he his finger over the contours of the skull and smiles. At last, you are safe, he mutters. 
He suspects, based on the sudden wetness that marches over his continent, he spoke it aloud something that others were not meant to hear. You were not, the Iron Skull is finally returned. With all of the parts of the Iron Skull now in his possession, Hewans takes a step back and turns away from you. A bright red light suddenly envelop, envelops him, fades as quickly as it appears. The white the white bearded mage turns around and holds up the unified iron skull for you to see. Not a single blemish remains on, on its surface to indicate it was ever shattered. There. There's how I remember, he says, grinning broadly. Now, the very least I can do for my friend is to allow you to gaze into its eyes. That, you see, is where the true power of the skull is found. So, ooh, I mean... Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a necromantic uh, artifact, so a little bit evil, just a little bit. But I mean, it's you here, one. I mean, you have counter spells for everything. So, what does divination say? You sense a powerful aura of evil surrounding the Iron Skull, but you also sense Huron does not mean you any harm. Okay, I will gaze into the sockets of the Iron Skull. You gaze into the hollow eye sockets, and almost immediately an eerie, pulsing crimson light pours out of the skull. An intense, unpleasant sensation washes over you. For moments, the pulsing red light emanating from the eye sockets, the iron skull intensifies. A deep, a deep chill runs the length of your spine as the red light slowly begins to fade. Matter of moments, the glow from the skull has died completely, and the strange sensation is elicited as past. Six thousand one hundred and forty-four experience to necromancy. Now this. The amount of experience you get increases with with well, the level of your net with your the level of your necromancy skill. So I'm just checking the wiki now, and if you manage to get it all the way. If you manage to get it all the way to all the way to ninety nine, you could get maybe ten thousand experience in a bit. So of course, of course, once you're that level, you don't really need it. So the matter of moments, the glow from the sky. Now you understand, perhaps, the power of the skull, says Huron, as he places the skull in a leather bag that hangs from his belt. It's an item best kept out of the hands of those who might use it. it. will remain safe with me from now on. That, I can assure you. The edge of the old forest road just outside your thick. You bid farewell to Huron. The blithe master mage again thanks you for your help. Tells you are welcome in his... Tower at Wasal at any time. Huron wraps his things around the reins of his horse, and gent, 
gently pats the tw animal's necks. I'm afraid my way back home lies along roads less frequently travelled, he says, making reference to the rugged road along which he and his two armed companions are about to depart. Still, time is of little consequence to me. I would have preferred to keep out of sight. May your days be filled with fortune, Zoop. The bald, white-bearded wizard tosses you a cloth pouch and bows deeply beneath his mounting, mounting horse and urges the fine steed onto the road. The two guards wise up and assume their familiar position at his flanks. You are surprised to discover the pouch contains a small quantity of adventurer tokens, eight of them. With a final wave, Huon and his guards depart, rising, riding off at a casual pace along the rugged forest road. When at last they are out of sight, you turn and make your way back to the city. As you step back through the gates of Twithick, you wonder what the real reason for Huon's desire to reclaim the Iron Skull was. Certain that there is, there is more to all of it than you have, you have been told, and equally... Perhaps equally certain, you're not likely to ever find out more about it. Resolve to push the, might, the matter from your mind and set about getting yourself a good night's sleep. That finishes this adventure with 1,024 experience to general. Here I am at the gates of Trithic. The next adventure is the Dream of the Iron Skull. Well, I will get a little bonus. But there are actually two little bonuses that I can now unlock in by doing two, two smart but rewarding quests in a row. So I will do those next time. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.